Welcome to Married to a Podcast, where a couple couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about The Girl Who Died, written by Jamie Matheson and Stephen Moffat, directed by Ed Basilgetti, maybe? Something like that. Aired October 17th, 2015. Sam. Jake. What would you think about this one? It was a pretty fun episode, and I'm kind of surprised it's a two-parter, because the first part seemed pretty self-ending, so I'm curious how the next episode ties into this one. Cody. Jake. Same question. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Who was the first? I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm very much on the fence with this one it's everything about it's pretty fine but there's parts of it where i was just like this is gross gross well not in like the term of like disgusting just like cliche or dumb or like you just raise an eyebrow and you're like i don't know about that one boss <laughs> yeah uh terry this is your very first episode we've ever done that you have not seen before this is where your journey Correct. through Doctor Who stopped. So what would you think of this one? Yeah. I am going to be on the fence as well. Like, I'm kind of agreeing with uh, Sam. And just, like, this definitely didn't feel like a two-parter. It feels more like a, ooh, what's going to happen with her now that she's practically immortal now? And it's like, we'll find out next season. But, yeah, it it was a fun story. Uh, technically, I feel like, uh, it was kind of a lit down in spots of just like costumes and set and, uh, that kind of aspect. But otherwise it was, it was fun. I had good one-liners and stuff. Jill. I, I agree with the on the fence thing. Like there were a lot of points where I laughed out loud and really enjoyed parts of the story. But they're, well, not being a fan of two-parters. I did feel like this was a pretty complete story. However, I do have some questions, which I'm assuming is going to be answered in the next part. But I think could have probably been concluded in this episode as well. Well, I don't know what your questions are, but I am pretty certain they will not be answered in the next part. <laughs> oh, that's foreboding. Alex, what do you think? Sorry, go ahead. I'll I'll follow up later. Um, yeah, it's I mean it it's. What who was I talking to? I was like, not every single one could be a banger. Was that you, Jill? Mm-hmm. Someone, but yeah, it's it's to me this would be like the filler episode. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that it is a part of a two-parter because, like you all are saying, it's it's very kind of just one episode. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's. What I want to know is, who else would you have been talking to about it other than Jill? Hey, man, Alex talks to a bunch of people. 
Yeah, I talk to so many people. Like all the time. He didn't work today. He has talked to nobody in between. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't work today. <laughs> yeah, well, there's two, three dogs. Yeah, dogs four? are people. There's four dogs. There's four. Four dogs. Hey, Jake. Yeah, Jill cold open. What's cool? What'd you think it the seemed... episode? I had a good time today. I don't typically watch this one when I'm doing rewatches. It's kind of, I've kind of always thought about it as like a cool last five or 10 minutes. And I will watch that last speech on YouTube regularly, but watching it today, there was uh, a lot to kind of hold on to. I had a good time. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> so better than I thought. Last time we have Jake for his opinion. <laughs> uh, it was well directed and maybe more character-based than plot-based, so not a ton going on. But Which you know. character? So it was like a... What was my last romp? It was like half romp. Because it had potentially romp. Like, most of the story was fun. So rompy, but not rompy, because Vikings aren't very rompy. Half of the story that. was just the doctor refusing to help, though, because of tidal waves like he said it a million times but he he did help said it he twice like, trained them to do stuff and that was like the fun part of it i don't know is your question on romps no no what is your question questions on? on the whole immor- immortality thing okay like, then yeah that'll be answered or okay. that'll yeah they'll get into it more next episode obviously that's what i assume so i didn't yeah I had a question about if Vikings called themselves Vikings. Seems weird, right? Did, did you Google it to answer your own question? Because no one else did. He probably almost did. That's what? Alex. <laughs> it just seems so odd. I feel like that's something that we ended up calling them. Wasn't I actually that... kind of wondered that too. Vikings <laughs> did not refer to themselves as Vikings. We don't know exactly how they were referred to themselves but vikings is a 19th century phrase other oh, other yeah, nations at the time that. referred to them as norse norsemen or danes yeah okay i really wanted to look up how much electricity is generated by an electric eel right nothing it's nothing i looked it up <laughs> yeah but is if it... you have like 50 of them in a barrel the bad guys are killing other warriors and stuff and drinking their juice, <laughs> uh, which is essentially just their testosterone. Yeah, they jerk those dudes off. Right? <laughs> but anyway. But it was uh, green what juice? What is the purpose of, yeah, drinking the Viking juice? But, like, what is the purpose of drinking it? Like, is it just to become more angry or, like, going into berserker mode for battle? Or, so, like, are they just yeah. wanting more testosterone or what? It, it seems like with that race of alien, like, they're, like, a war race. And so they need all the adrenaline and strength they can get. And that's just how we, they do it, I guess. It's like a pre-workout drink made of people. That's one of those things why I'm on the fence. It's just, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> we got to have the doctor speaking baby again yay yes which is always fun which i love that 
until they keep they they kept doing it. Like the well, first time he did it, like when he was talking to the one guy, it was really good. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's adorable and funny and interesting. And then he kept doing it. And then the shit that was coming out of his mouth, it's that baby's not saying that. Shut up. There was a story mechanic to it, though. I mean, it made it added to the story. Wait. Yeah, it's top two favorite parts is the doctor interpreting the baby. My favorite part is when he's interpreting the baby and then Clara walks away from him and she's like, you just decided to stay. And he's like, how did you know that? And she says, the baby stopped crying. Yeah. Yeah. Babies can sense things. So yeah, that he, he says, mechanic is that they're they're more perceptive to their environment. Well, he says babies can sense danger because they have to. Mm-hmm. And, and and the eels. I did the math. The uh, or uh, an average eel can generate about six hundred volts, and you would need about ten thousand to create one of those three magnets that they make. Not to mention how much it would take to like short circuit some, you know, suit that an alien is wearing. Nice. Don't don't worry about that, baby. You just lay back in your chair, get your popcorn, <laughs> and watch this Doctor Who episode. There was a line where the Doctor. Oh shit! It was something along the lines of verbatim. Uh, Use this; it'll amplify the charge, which makes zero sense. <laughs> but maybe, but maybe he found, they're using he found a way to make the eel charge worth yeah, ten thousand per one. They're using apparatus that is inside of Clara's spacesuit. So like she has like a like wires running through it, and so they they rip that out to use as like the copper wiring that they're connecting this stuff to. So there you go. They amplified it. <laughs> Science. You can tell how okay Cody is with that answer. <laughs> like that was kind of thing. You just slowly sink to the couch, like, yeah, all right. I mean, at least it was creative. Amplified. Amplified. Lasagna. <laughs> That's like uh, in movies where they like pound on the keyboard and enhance images and they're like, enhance, enhance. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but amplify. Uh-huh. Making more amplify. electricity for bless. It's to- total sense. Yeah. Deus Ex suit cables. Well, it's no different than um, Deus Ex suit medical patch. Oh, yeah. There's Deus Ex <laughs> all over every episode ever. It's fantasy. Isn't that the point? I don't know what that it's- means, but we're going to pretend also, I do. got a bit of CSI, right? Because that's how they figured everything out. Somebody was like sausages. And then the main guy was like, that's the fucking solution. And the doctor's been doing that a lot lately. Except it was a baby saying fire in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you get fire in the water? How do you know what that means? He did. Didn't. Anybody else think that was like tequila? The doctor did. He didn't know right away. He had to no. wait until they said, oh, they go to the fish house. He's like, oh, I get it now. The baby at one point talking about its mother says like the unfolding of your smile. <laughs> like this is the most poetic baby that's ever existed. Right. Right. It's cringy. I'm going to imagine pod baby talking like that. <laughs> Stormageddon was all like, give me milk. Fuck this dude. <laughs> 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 Okay, fire in the water. So it's the eels. Hmm. 
But isn't it he just brings in like a giant fake thing? I don't get the connection. Yeah. Well, he she... shorts. Sorry, go ahead, Terry. Uh, so she makes puppets uh, like in her downtime and stuff. So she created this monster out of the uh, Viking boat. And then with the helmet that they got, he rewired it so she could project a story of what her puppet was doing. And that's how the giant serpent thing came into existence. If I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, right? No. Yeah. How does that relate to fire in the water? So uh, Just the first, ship? Uh, the electricity was to short out the alien suits and then to create the magnets to lift the weapons off their arms. And I think so to get one of the helmets, force. the whole, yeah, the whole plan required them to get one of the helmets. And so the electricity to both short them out and to create the magnets was really all to just get a helmet. Makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. I followed. And that came from eels? The electricity <laughs> yeah. did, yeah. But it's better than the bad guy's plan of squishing warriors together to make Viagra. <laughs> I just it? assume they're in the back, like, hall, and they're just jerking dudes off and then adding green <laughs> food coloring. <laughs> this really but, is Valhalla. <laughs> did she really make a puppet, or was that just the boat? It was, it was the boat, but she added wings and, like, the tail and stuff. Oh, it didn't really show too much of it, or at no. least not for a, a while. Was oh, anyone was else really disappointed with the bad guys? I thought once their helmets were out, they were terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I like what that. are they? Also, what what were they called? Was that just that race? Plus, there was like some other guy with them. I'm confused. No, they were all the same. Yeah, that, the... that guy was had like a. Uh, projection putting like Odin's face over him but he at, when they're on the ship when he's up on the ship with Clara and Maisie Williams they he, it temporarily goes away but they just briefly show his real face because they don't want to give that uh, reveal away yet until they're in the fight oh so he's one of those things too yeah yeah oh. okay but for being like one of the most intense and vicious armies in the galaxy, like their armor is just clunky, clunky. And like, I don't like they would be, I found Skaldak <laughs> more intimidating and scary than these guys. Yeah. The suits were just not very well put together. They weren't very exciting. I want to believe that his name is really Odin and he has no idea these guys worship a deity named Odin and it just lucked out. <laughs> he just showed up as like, hey, guys, my name's Odin. And they all knelt and he was like, hmm, I think we might have <laughs> I something here. Juice. I could jerk all these dudes off. <laughs> also, their about- ship at the end was just kind of pathetic when you see it like yeah. transport away. Well, plus the way the doctor was saying, it seems like they're just kind of cowards that told stories that they weren't cowards. Isn't that the story of every tough guy going around looking for a fight? We're talking about the Vikings now, right? No, the aliens. Mm. Yeah, it's just reputation that they've built up. Which I guess kind of like if you think about it, might 
not mimic, but kind of go in line with the the whole Viking lore. Like when you think of a Viking, you think of like a fierce race of people that conquered things. But I mean, they did. Somebody's got to cook. They yeah, like they they were a civilization. They were probably mostly normal, and then they had people go out and do raids, of course. But it probably wasn't like all just <laughs> war thinking, you know. Obviously yeah. not. Something that's weird or that I thought was weird was the like the doctor just wants them to leave and not fight the war and not battle whatever like that just he doesn't want them to die feel right yeah but he always stays there and fights the battle well when do, since when do they run from it this is part of a story we've that he's just sick of war sick of fighting like fucking no one has to die just leave get out of here wait 10 days and come back they'll be gone who cares and that's kind of the most frustrating part for me is because the doctor's right. And Ashilda saying, like, this is my home. This is the only place I've ever belonged. Like, leaving here would ruin me. Like, he doesn't mean forever. Just go hide in the woods. Go camping. Go on a vacation. Come back. Everything <laughs> will be fine. But we're Vikings, Jake. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, we don't take vacation. And I, I do actually really love when they're having that exact argument and then the baby begins crying and the doctor's like, is the like, is the baby a Viking? Like, is this what like you want that baby to die? And they're all like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby never shuts up. Take lofty yeah. with him. One of my very favorite parts of the episode was when the doctor asks who's ever battled with a sword. That whole scene, like with the swords, is hilarious. But and Clara, when he raises Clara's his the only hand, one. yeah, yeah, Clara raises his hand and she and he mouths like you have or something. Whatever he mouths to her, it's just hilarious. But the whole sword teaching scene, it was fun to see the doctor like join what they wanted, like join their colony and be a part of them for that time. Yeah. in teaching them i like the way they cut that because they cut it into like post battle but it wasn't <laughs> post battle it's like here you guys can practice with real swords two minutes later the whole village is burning down <laughs> yeah <laughs> i also like the uh the whole resolution is basically blackmailing these aliens into embarrassment <laughs> Yeah, it's like, anytime if you, you don't get, leave, we're going to show everybody what just happened. Anytime you get Benny Hill in Doctor Who, it's bueno. <laughs> How many times does it appear? Oh, so you guys are going to be so sick of it by the time we get through <laughs> oh, the no. Moffat era. Okay, back to the sword scene for half a second. One of my all-time favorite YouTube videos is the substitute teacher that gets everyone's names wrong which I don't know the name of it right now. Key and Peele. Key and Peele. Yes. So funny. Cracks me up. So the whole, uh, you know, renaming everybody because he didn't have time to learn their actual names. I love that scene. ZZ Top. Right. Yes. Best one. Yeah, there were some good ones. That was the only good one. No, I how many of those were ad-libbed. You don't ad-lib a Moffat script. Speaking of, so... Moffat gets a co-writing credit here. I'm guessing it's because this story wouldn't have originally been written as part of a two-parter because this one and the next one are kind of tangentially connected. So I'm guessing Moffat uh. put in Moffat put in the bits that connect them. 
But also there's some lines that, you know, are definitely Stephen Moffat. Like when he says when he first sees a shoulder when they're walking into the village and he kind of like stares at her for no fucking reason. And he says premonition is just remembering in the wrong direction. Like that's that's just Moffat. Yeah. That's anytime there's a this is just a this that, you know, that's Stephen Moffat because <laughs> he can't fucking stop. And it gets so much worse <laughs> as we keep going through. The <laughs> I like now. that one. No, it's good. It's just he does it all the time. A hug is just a way to hide your face. Yeah. That one's not bad. I like the premonition one. Premonition is just remembering in reverse. That's dumb. You're dumb. Driving a car is like holding a steering wheel and moving. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's just a way. It's not the same thing at all. It's just a way to run while sitting. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Uh, so a shielder dies. That's pretty fucked up. Ooh, does she? She's dead nope, for a she while. Comes back. That was so just... random too. Like heart failure. No, I don't know she if was uh, the cause of death. They out loud say heart failure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just did from they? the strenuation yeah. of carrying that stupid helmet. Strenuation. Love yep. it. I, I mean, thought that. The doctor said something about, like, drained her like a battery. He did. Yeah, right after he said heart failure. Doctor's a fan of (laughs) metaphor. (laughs) Same breath. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess the the natural place to go is the speech right after that of finding out why the doctor chose this face. But before we do that, we kind of skipped over it. I do really love when they start an episode by kind of showing us the end of an adventure that we didn't get to see. And they do that here. And it's really fun. That's true. One of my favorite things was that Clara had the spacesuit on for so long. It's hilarious. Is it weird that like it's, I think it's one of like her hottest outfits. <laughs> like I think she looks really she good. Really in it. Looks super good. She was when rocking she that walked into the village and like the chains were around her and her waist looked teeny tiny. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they did to that suit, but <laughs> glad I'm not alone. She no. wore it. Well, she looked good. And then her shirt underneath was shit. Oh my Wait, God. What? The blue shirt. I, like I love that shirt? shirt. You can burn in hell. No, that shirt was <laughs> god awful. It was like she went to a secondhand store and was like, ooh, this has shiny red snappable buttons. I'm going to wear it. And it's like, oh, my God. Ain't, this ain't is- nobody but you ever seen them fucking buttons. <laughs> I don't it even was, believe they exist. So drab. Like, like compared to everything like- else she's worn, this was terrible. Oh, yeah. No, I, her hair was on point constantly. But Her whole like makeup garb. She looked real good. Jill had a good point. She was wondering if like the audio on her TV was just weird or if Clara's voiceovers were Was that a fun fact? Did she have like laryngitis? Yeah, was she sick when she... (laughs) No, I don't have any fun facts. There wasn't shit about this one. I know exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't just us. Sometimes it sounded like she had mucus in her mouth. Right, she had a cold or something. Well, if that was the case, they would have just ADR'd the whole thing. She sounded weird. Yeah, I don't know. I got used to it, but yeah, it was it was I weird. I have no idea what you're talking about. Go rewatch. <laughs> now I have to. Um, it's gonna drive me before insane. Before we get into the speech, we got the hobby line again, verbatim. Yes, I was tempted I to write that hobby. down. It's you, by the way. Get a new hobby. 
Yeah. So if this is your first podcast, we talked about her calling the doctor her hobby last season when referencing like Danny Pink and stuff like that. And then just a couple episodes ago, the doctor telling her to get a hobby because now that Danny Pink is dead, she essentially has no life. And we see her kind of becoming more reckless and more, you know, wanting adventure and stuff like that. And the doctor's kind of pulling back a little bit. And so now it's just weird that after what seems like a progression towards a story point, they revert back to her calling the doctor her hobby when he clearly isn't. And there's, we have a, like a touch of the whole, like turn back because I care about you thing again. Yeah. I think the duty of care line comes back again. Yeah. Is that what it is? Duty of care. Yep. Sounds weird coming out of my mouth. So, uh, maybe it's just me being too picky, but like calling a person a hobby, I just have an issue with. Like, I get the time travel thing being a hobby. But, like, the doctor himself being her hobby just weirds me out. Well, he well, does He does tell her to get him. a hobby in, like, a dickish way. So she's going to respond with, like, I got one. It's you, dickhead. <laughs> I don't like it. But it, but it's also out of care. Like, she cares for him. She wants to make sure he's okay. Yeah, they're just busting balls. Yeah. Like the bad guys. <laughs> Busting balls to get that sweet, sweet ball juice. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> oh, no. Adrenaline and testosterone. Come on. <laughs> okay, so we do, after Shilda's death, get a great Peter Cabaldi speech and the long-awaited reasoning for why the Doctor's chosen a face that we've seen before. I didn't get yeah. it. I didn't get it either. What didn't you get? So he said, I understand. I chose this. Does anybody know the line? Uh, verbatim, he says, uh, I know why I have this face. It's a reminder to always put myself to the fire or something like that. To hold me to the mark. That's it. Okay. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in that story... That Peter Capaldi played uh, Roman man. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> the character name. Uh, the doctor is going to leave because Pompeii is exploding and Donna pleads with him to save somebody. And so when mm. he regenerates from Matt Smith, who is constantly burdened by death, it's often cited by fandom and sometimes by the writers that a, the doctor's regeneration is a response to his previous incarnation. So if you're someone really young, like Matt Smith, you go really old, really old. It's a harsh thing to say. But, I was like, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes you overcorrect, but you just want something very different. And so this doctor, he wanted to give himself a face to remind himself of that moment that he shouldn't give up so easily and that it is okay to fuck with time. And then even at the end, he's like, you know, I might've just created a tidal wave by saving her. It might've been a ripple, whatever, but it's like, it was the right thing to do. And so that's what him choosing this face was for. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, at that time, 
when all that happened, it was just before Time Lord Victorious and all that bullshit where the doctor like super freaked out and went way too far the other way. This is kind of like, this is what I meant to do without going so far out there and being this insane badass. So the doctor thought before he became the war doctor, John Hurt, I'm about to go to war. I'm going to be 68. (laughs) No, because in that story, they show him and it's a digitally younger John Hurt when he regenerates. Oh, so he's just in the time war for a long time. I see. Okay, thank you. I uh, I think it's a stretch, but I like the enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the plan the whole time, like when Moffat wanted to cast or wanted to cast um capaldi Capaldi? before he cast matt smith he asked rtd like hey would this still work and rtd told him yes this is how you do it and now all these years later we get to actually see it oh the long con very interesting (laughs) typical is it does it come back for the new doctor like do they keep it running in canon or is this just like a one-time thing Well, it's more about the personality of every doctor. Um, I don't want to give away anything about the next doctor, but that one might just not require such a such a very blatant reminder. Ah, boo. I I also want to mention that the the thought that the doctor had to make a second dose for Shilda was super cool. I like that um, like idea. I thought it was just cool. And then also the, uh, so she's like the hybrid that they kept bringing up. Hmm. They say hybrid again. That's what that was so cryptic for. Have they said hybrid in previous episodes? <laughs> We've talked about it. <laughs> the, the last story, um, not, not the last one, the premiere, they talked about the hybrid twice, both Davros and Missy. Did we emphasize that in the podcast? Yes. <laughs> or Alex mentioned it, and then I went into detail, and you all just sat there not talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh. I was like, they're talking about hybrids and shit. It's not important. <laughs> they're like, oh, they say bad wolf in every episode. That can't possibly mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this episode, it really was like... Well, I thought it was just completely left alone. I thought this was the first time that they emphasized it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Anyway, one more thing. I really liked the um, spin around shot of her at the end. Uh, Like, yeah, see the front of her and she's like happy, like, oh, my God, I'm alive. And like, you see the sky is just beautiful. I love it so much. And then when you turn to the uh, front of it again, uh, front of her again um like she's not happy like clearly not happy like and so it kind of makes you lead of like is she going to be like a new bad guy to the doctor or is she like i'm gonna go kill him or something like that like or what happened in her life so i guess that's i really like that small tiny little scene well and that kind of well, goes with Deborah's. that kind of goes with what the doctor was saying is like when you're immortal it's not from that perspective, it's not living forever. It's everyone else dying. And so, like, I can't even imagine just, like, living forever. That's, like, the worst prison. 
you know. I can't. I want to live forever. Fuck all you guys. Like the family <laughs> yeah, of God. With Jake, let's go. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Me and only me. Give me. Oh, thanks. Tweet, 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 tweet. Tweets. Your pauses were uh, scary. <laughs> oh, I liked them. They were unique. I don't know if he's like really paused before. Sam, I got a new podcast for you. All right, I I mentioned it on Discord. Did you ever look at it? Yeah, I haven't I yet. To that. Really? Did you really? Yep. So Neither anyway. the time nor space. So we found a new podcast, friends. It's called Neither the Time Nor the Space, which is an awesome podcast name. And uh, they started their podcast six days after we did. That's awesome. But they're a little behind us because they do. So they're just about to do the 50th anniversary special. Oh, because they do a lot of like at the end of every season, they do an episode where they just like talk about the season as a whole. Or they do like, let's watch the Torchwood pilot or let's watch Sarah Jane Adventures or let's watch a classic episode. Stuff like that. Oh, they do cool shit. Yeah. Stuff we want to do, but Jake won't let us. (laughs) What do you mean I will let you bring it? I told you I'll edit whatever you fucking want to do. We just want you to know that we want you to do it and then do it. Anyway, so I've listened. Well, yeah, try to get you guys to, listen, to watch more episodes of things. It's impossible. <laughs> but so I listened to pretty much like the first two seasons in the last week because uh, I've been driving a lot. And it's great. It's just it's the same kind of concept as us. One person is a big fan. One person has never watched it. And kind of actively avoided it through his life because he thought it was just dumb bullshit. But he is British, so he does know things like what a Dalek is and stuff like that. Right. And they're a little more in depth than us. There's only two of them, so they can really kind of get into the weeds of things. When you have six people, it's kind of just you're kind of lightly touch on stuff. But uh, it's great, and I highly recommend it to anyone listening. And again, the name of that podcast is Neither, Neither the time, time Nor Space. Nor the space. Thanks to Chris, this emo trash, for pointing me towards that podcast because we, along with them, are like his two favorite, his two main podcasts he listens to. Oh. And uh, yeah, I can see why. They're great. And we're I great. <laughs> I think it's how we meant that. So just to recap, they do a episode by episode so we're not getting into spoilers yeah and they're and they're way behind us so you can totally listen to all of them all right ode underscore ollie at ode underscore ollie says i know this isn't as good as some other stories in season nine but there is still a lot i like about it even just 12 pretending to be odin is great but with seeing him fail instantly i also love a tooling up and training scene a la the a-team and this one is great, too, especially as what they train for is just a bit unexpected. A shoulders character in this I really like channeling the power of who to show the power of the weak compared to that of bullies, which basically sums the show up. Twelve's tired of losing speech is wonderful and not even the best speech of this series and sums up his character magnificently. Twelve realizing his face has frowned to hold him to the mark makes that scene such a favorite of Twelve scenes as a whole. And I love the ending, subverting the spoiler title and hinting at sadness, making a bleaker end to a lighter episode, and the way it leaves threads dangling for the future. Getting close to one of the best stories, in my opinion. I'm very excited to see your reaction, as always. 
I'm glad that other fandom is kind of in the fence as well. Like, in it's the not fence? the greatest episode. It had some really shining parts to it, but it's filler. Filler suggests that there's non-filler. What? Like, you're suggesting that there's an arc when that's almost never the case in Doctor Who. Well, you do have the big reveal of why he picked that face in this episode. I see what Jake's saying. Filler is like you're interpreting it very literally. And yeah, there's no like real big arc for him to be like, we're going to go away from canon and here's some bullshit. I think I just used the term filler when it's like this episode is not as well structured <laughs> as other episodes. I I was going to say the same thing. Like, I feel like any. Uh, so how long is the episode? Like 12 episodes or how long is the season? Like 12 episodes. And like I said, you like every single one can't be insane. So these are the ones that aren't insane. Like, they're where's just, that they're in the rule book? That they can't all be insane. It's their budget. <laughs> like they just can't <laughs> pay TV for show, it. Yeah. We've had very cheap episodes that were very amazing, though. That is true. This one had to be super expensive. The CGI, no, so good. CGI is cheap. Much. What? There wasn't much CGI. Yeah. You shut your mouth. <laughs> CGI is less expensive at this point than it was when we first started this journey. Oh. Odin in the clouds, the dragon, the very final scene. All of the electric eels. So two scenes. <laughs> Putting a the light guy under some water. His face with the electronic thing. The entire room with the Vikings getting obliterated. Yeah, it's still not a whole lot. I mean, we've had scenes with more. There, the well, expensive thing when you're making a show like this is location shooting because you're hiring hundreds of people and either moving them from a place or hiring people that don't normally work for you in the place you're going to. So that's where expense comes, not from bullshit face in the clouds that you could do on Microsoft Paint. Right. Yeah. Does BBC own a quarry? <laughs> you know, Probably. they'd be really dumb if they didn't. <laughs> in response to the tweet um his talking about like using weak people it was really neat to see the doctor use like regular people and train them to be the army and use i can't say her name right a shoulder shoulder yeah that one i'm um, using her like who's just an average person that wants to save her colony to attack the monsters. It's a good point. Oh, the TARDIS wiki doesn't put in anything for where they shot this. That's weird. It maybe was never shot. (laughs) I mean, I think it's basically the same place they shoot the next one, which is just like in the woods. (laughs) And it's uh, so for the next episode, they do put in. Oh, no, they don't. Where did I fucking get this? Anyway, they're like in Brighton or something. They're not miles away. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Janelle Hobbs at J. Christine H. says, Great story overall. Love how they defeat the aliens. While they don't need to explain the Doctor's face every time, this specific case is a nice callback. 
if you can get by like the realm of disbelief yes i am a literal asshole not in the sense that i am somebody's (laughs) asshole but (laughs) no i am an asshole about the literal science of things of what did say you were staring at odin's eye (laughs) god damn it you're so right what are you talking about cody uh so what i'm saying is when somebody's like i'm gonna use these electric eels to make a magnet I'm going to say you're full of shit. Oh, OK. Yeah, we already talked about if, that. Yeah. If you're going to be the kind of person that's like, hell, yeah, that's so cool. Uh, this entire episode is fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to take like a very small part of a story and that podcast I was just talking about, one of them does this every time and it pisses me off to do take like one super small pit that has nothing to do with anything and be like, this episode sucks because of that is just dumb. Right. But it's even weirder to say that something just felt off. And you know what, Jake? Something just felt off. <laughs> we do talk a lot about these two parters where they're like, um, they, the reason that they have this long section of two parters is so he can really get to know a lot of the side characters and develop like that relationship. And in this one, like even for is Ishwalda? Yep. Ishwalda? Ishilda. Like, even for her, I didn't feel like I cared when she died. Oof. Maybe I'm a dick. <laughs> yeah, fuck, I was like, fuck that girl that just saved everybody. It's just, I don't know. It The episode didn't set her up very well to me. I think the part that made me care was it's these, like, men who will go to battle for their colony grieving over the loss of this like young woman just seeing both of those emotions got me a little bit true yeah Yeah. and i I think they did fine i'm just an old burnt out cop (laughs) well i don't think it's a spoiler to say that like the point of this was about what the doctor does to a shield at the end so her dying maybe didn't give you the emotional connection. Like I'm absolutely with you. Like I was more emotionally invested when Lorna bucket died at the end of good man goes to war. And she gets way less screen time than Maisie Williams does in this. But the point of this is what comes after this. So it was just a bullshit story to get to her dying. So that the doctor would have to bring her back to life. Yeah, cool. And we'll see the, the conclusion to that in uh, and decide from there if it was worth it or not. We're going to come back next week and I'm going to be like, this is all shit. Drop the <laughs> mic and I'll be done. Yeah, that's fair. So, so are you <laughs> saying are you saying that uh, Stephen Moffat picked this story that was maybe pre-written? Oh, this was definitely Shilda. Yeah, yeah this was definitely already like... a different story. OK, uh, Cindy. Not that Cindy yet needs more yarn says, I love this episode, but why? Hmm. Maisie Williams. Yes. The doctor's creative solution. Well done. The doctor figuring out why he has this face. Thumbs up. Putting the Meyer patch on his shoulder might be the worst thing he's ever done. And he barely registers it, but he knows. Did you read all her emojis? No emojis this time. She actually just spelled it, but I'm getting better at reading Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next time. Next week, load up the emojis. Jake will read them. 
truth. Those are solid points. Even there was if it wasn't one my I favorite episode. With. Get your shit Chris at this emo trash says this is the first real romp of season nine and I love it. Right from the beginning, the doctor is on sarcasm mode and he never stops. Pretending to be Odin and failing instantly is always hilarious, as are the training scenes and the way they defeat the Mire. I do love the more deep scenes that are interspersed when he's translating the baby and then later decides to stay. When Ashilda and the Doctor are talking the night before the battle, and of course the amazing scene where we finally find out why he chose that face. Seeing Tendana is such an unexpected moment and yet is perfect way of finding out exactly who the Doctor is. He made a promise with his face he will always try to save people, and if he can't, then he will try to save just one, even when it seems impossible. When I asked you to explain that, it was extremely long and interesting. <laughs> he explained it in like six words and it was great. He only gets so many characters in a tweet. I have my own podcast. <laughs> That's true. That was brilliant. The fake Odin. The fake Odin was, was so my good. favorite. Yeah. And then when the second fake Odin appears and he's like, pay no attention to his trickery as he's like failing <laughs> with the yo-yo <laughs> it's supposed to do that <laughs> that's so good yes well i like right before that when he's like don't worry i have a plan and clara goes you're gonna use the yo-yo aren't you he's like of course i'm gonna use the yo-yo <laughs> <laughs> oh rob there's i didn't see the romp until all of this just got brought back up all right chris finishes by saying he made a promise to Donna a long time ago, and he made it to himself again with this regeneration. This shows how he saves a shielder with Meyer technology, possibly making her immortal. But this leads to my favorite lines of the episode, how immortality isn't living forever, it's watching everyone else die. A verbatim. I think you guys already brought that up. Season yeah. 9 hasn't had a bad episode yet. I'm glad Ooh. I've been re-watching it with you guys. Hey, oh, nice. we're glad you're re-watching it too, Chris, because uh, that's the whole point of this bullshit. Man, I agree with that. I really do like that line. It's it's so good. Like anytime immortality comes up in like a show and they start looking at it in the reverse, like not something that is wanting to be attained because it's a living hell. It's yeah, I don't know. I, I just like that view of it. Also, like obviously the doctor regenerates, but like in my mind, he's pretty much immortal. Yeah. And he hates himself. Right. And he wishes he could die. So whenever he can put that into like human terms like he did, it's really impactful. Well, the doctor can die, right? He he can just not regenerate. Yeah, but then he'd be letting down everyone that relies on him. Brutal. So I'm uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today. <laughs> Alex, give me that fun fact scene song. Uh, really, all I have are the actors. There wasn't really any fun facts. Uh, David Schofield was. Oh, I wrote down Merlin. He was Odin. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell was I doing? Uh, he has a billion acting credits, including Pirates of the Caribbean a couple of those movies gladiator and he voiced dumbledore in two harry potter video games wow Did, there's harry potter video games in... there's a million harry potter video games they're not good 
There's not a single good one. Oh, I beg to differ. The Lego Harry Potter games are great. Well, the Lego ones are different. Yeah, yeah. Was he named actors or named characters in Pirates and Gladiator? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was in two Pirates movies, so he was someone. Hmm. Murray MacArthur played Hasten. He was Dim Dalba in two episodes of Game of Thrones. And like every single actor in the story, he's been in a couple episodes of Outlander. <laughs> Literally anyone who looks like they could be a Viking was in Outlander. <laughs> uh, Maisie Williams played Ashilda. She is in the new Mutants movie that's out right now. Wasn't she also in Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention it, though. Wait, what was she in Game of Thrones? I think she was daughter too. Oh right, yeah. The uh, <laughs> she's Arya Stark. You fucking oh the fake son. Yeah, got <laughs> yeah. it. She, the one that walked off the roof. She killed the Night King. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who? We're fucking with you. <laughs> uh, ask me that favorite line theme song. Fun lines shit. <laughs> yep. Who's got a favorite line? My favorite lines are apparently a rompy line and a super dark line. I'll start yeah. with the dark one so we can end on the rompy. Uh, the dark one is when the doctor was doing his speech before the battle and he said, Do babies die with honor? in context that is dark it's super dark yeah i tried bringing, but, bringing that up in our chat and i didn't know the exact line but yeah that's fucked up and and that's my favorite part of that whole speech is they're fighting against running and he's like you have a baby like what did that baby do that it deserves to die right i didn't really have the i wasn't sure how to put it into context but it was so poignant it was a very profound statement. Like everything they're about is their nationalism and we run from nothing. We fight everything and they completely forget about everything that will be destroyed in their wake. And then that line just brings everybody back down to earth. And you can feel it. The rompy one is why has Lofty stolen a baby? <laughs> That's your favorite line. I hated this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had one right at the beginning before the opener was uh, when the doctor was fighting. Like, he's like, nope, I don't want to go to the Vikings. And then uh, he, he breaks the glasses and he goes, Clara, we're going with the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's your favorite line? Well, I have more. Okay. That one was a laugh out loud one. Um... I, I like the immortality is everyone else dying line. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. I think that legit is my favorite line. It's a hard line. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm also nominating that one. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. One of my I... side note, not favorite lines, but I laughed a lot. Silence is even worse than a Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she say then or in? Like it's like silence is worse in a Scottish accent. 
She said, I thought she said then. Oh, it would have been funnier if it was in. So spoilers, our TV closed caption said in, and I'm currently looking at a website that says then. So uh, <laughs> either one. Subtitles are wrong all the time. I have premonitions. It's remembering in the wrong direction. Hmm. That's a good one. Also, of course, the whole face scene. Can't pick one specific line of that. I can. Get it, Jake. Look at you with your eyes. You're never giving up. Your anger and your kindness. And One day, the memory of that will hurt so much that I won't be able to breathe. And I'll do what I always do. I'll get in my box and I'll run and I'll run. In case all the pain ever catches up. And every place that I go, it'll be there. So, none of my quotes are... (laughs) The serious ones. Um, I have uh, make pudding and babies. That's basically what you do anyway. <laughs> yes. Nice. That's a good one. And uh, Heidi now faints at the mention of blood, not just the sight of it. <laughs> He's upgraded his phobia. <laughs> That's really good. And then uh, the other one that I had was also Heidi's quote. Um, when they're like go to valhalla and he's like i wouldn't i wouldn't i'm not good with heights (laughs) there were some good knee slappers i have a question on the episode so did all the like warriors for the vikings die alex gave me that questions theme song uh yeah they all died man how are they supposed to protect their village now yeah, that's the whole crux of the episode. <laughs> so okay. they all just believed Odin was really their god, right? And they just went for him. Of course, he's a big face in the sky. Didn't they watch the one guy get zapped and stopped? But he just got getting tra- he just zapped? got transported. Oh. And they didn't give him a choice. They just like picked the ones who were like the most uh nutted up. <laughs> who had the most yeah, nut juice. Yeah, the, the ones the ones like with the Clara, biggest dicks. The, the most juice. Yep. Like Clara. Yep. <laughs> Clara didn't have it. Clara had the sonic shades, so <laughs> she had Half. future technology. Mm. Got it. Yeah, so they uh, jerked them off and then sent them on their way. No, they juiced them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They in put their them Vitamix. in a blender. That's what I said. They put them in a blender. Are we voting? Yeah. Okay. Immortality. 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 Yeah. Yep. Immortality, whatever that line was. I'm going with (laughs) putting in babies. (laughs) I'm going with the whole speech. The speech. Because Capaldi (laughs) crushed it. And the fact that none of you did makes me want to quit this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I know why I chose his face. All that shit. It's all great. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. Terry, who's your MVP? Peter Capaldi. Oh, who's he? Oh, he's <laughs> he's the doctor. He's ah. a guy in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Cody, who's your MVP? I'm thinking really hard. <laughs> hey, Cody, what about you? Peter Williams. Oh, who's he? Maisie Williams. What? How'd you get Peter? 
<laughs> you thought Maisie Williams was the MVP of this? Maisie Capaldi. I'm trying to decide which I want. Boy, it's between those two. It's kind of hard. Well, one uh, of them's good and one of them's fine. I think it's Capaldi. It is Capaldi. Yeah. Sam? I, I'm leaning towards Capaldi as well. Jill? This is why we need whiteboards. Because I was going to pick Capaldi, Capaldi but can, now everybody else picked You can pick Capaldi. someone that other people have picked. It's okay. Well, then it's obviously Capaldi. Alex? Um... Yeah, I, I'm also giving it to Capaldi, but if uh, if the next episode if, if the next episode comes out real good, then I may give it to Moffat for tying them all together. Because him just seeing the story and then making it work to like have two, I don't know. That that seems like it's hard, right? Yeah, I respect that. Me. But if it's bad, then fuck him. Yeah, no. <laughs> to like LVP. I'm giving mine to Ed Basil Getty (laughs) the director (laughs) nice Uh, is that a pasta this episode looks amazing and it's just like a bunch of people out in the woods there's not a ton to this script it's really just about it's, it's essentially a character piece with some little fun bits and I think that he does the best he can with what he's got and comes out with something that's actually really good. He also directs the one we're going to watch next week and not the next Christmas special, but the one after that. And this is the one that looks the best. So I was tempted to give it to the director of photography, but he's also the same director of photography for the next one. So if that one also looks amazing, he'll be my MVP next week. Um, This director also does three episodes of class, including the pilot, and they do look great. So this guy clearly knows what he's doing. So a little love for Ed Basilgetti. Get it, Ed. Future Jake, put the round of applause in there. (laughs) (laughs) It is time for the fastest growing quiz sensation, the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. And this is my week. The order has been randomly selected. I will read everyone a question from Dr. Trivial Pursuit. It will be about an episode we've seen. The questions are random. They might be really hard. They might be really easy. Everybody will get the chance to go first. If the first person gets it wrong, the second person gets to try with four multiple choice. They get it wrong. The next person gets a yes and so on and so on. Everyone will get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. The, the order has been randomly chosen. It will go Jill, Terry, Sam, Cody, Alex. Ooh. Nice. I'm in the prime spot. Jill, are you ready? No. (laughs) I want to (laughs) redraw. But yes. What was the name of the mobile phone and broadband network that Harold Saxon used to hypnotize the UK into voting for him? Give me that multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't get the multiple choice. Telcom. Close, but no, I'm sorry. Terry, would you like your multiple choice or do you want to throw out a guess? Oh, God, no. Multiple choice, please. Okay. 
I will repeat the question. What was the name of the mobile phone and broadband network that Harold Saxon used to hypnotize the UK into voting for him? Was it Archduke, Archangel, Archenemy, Archway? Get a shift on. Archway? Sam. <laughs> Would you like I'm, me to repeat? Yeah, I need the multiple choice again. Is it Archduke, Archangel, Archenemy, Archway? Arch. Angel. That's correct. Yeah. Did you Easy. know that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea. Terry, it is your turn to go first. What famous painter was living in Auvers-Chervois alongside a lost Crefasis? I'm just going to go out and try to say Van Gogh. That's, that's correct. Yay, good. <laughs> but doesn't um, have to say it Van Gogh. That's not how you pronounce his name, so technically he's not correct. Sorry, let me say it with one ear. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has one. Terry has one. Sam, it is your turn. Let's do it. In 1758 Versailles, sticking with France. In 1758 Versailles, what did the 10th Doctor smash with a white horse who had wandered through a time window? A mirror. That's correct. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so Sam has two. Terry has one. Cody, it's your turn to go first. They, you can't just get all these right. Where's my <laughs> multiple choice? <laughs> when the 10th Doctor meets Gwen Cooper from Torchwood... He refers to one of her ancestors that he met when fighting which alien? Run that by me one more time. <laughs> when the Tenth Doctor meets Gwen Cooper from Torchwood, he refers to one of her ancestors who he met when fighting which alien? Cybermen. Oh no, you're going <laughs> to hate yourself. All right, well, Alex, it's your turn. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure I know it, but, uh, go ahead and give me the... Just answer. I'm not coming up with four answers. Is it the, 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 I'm going to pronounce it wrong and it's going to be wrong. Is it the, the Galf? It's the Galf. Okay. Joke's at you. <laughs> I already hated myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten that off the top of really? my head. Either. Really? Jill knew that. They're the they're the alien that we talk about the most on this podcast. The Gelf? Oh, <laughs> yeah. We talk about the Gelf more than the Daleks. And it's no or Cybermen. Absolutely. Cybermen Cody sure. brings up the Gelf every other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really do. Um so Alex has one. Sam has two. Terry has one. Alex, this is your chance to tie Sam and cause a tiebreaker. <laughs> Whereabouts in cars did Luke Radigan's Atmos device get fitted in the poison sky? It was in the catalytic converter, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how the fuck? You'd only know that because we've done this question before. <laughs> Holy no, crap. I, I know that because uh, I had to get my catalytic converter replaced once in one of my cars. And yeah, it's just a muffler. Like, that's all it is. It's like the fancy name of the muffler. <laughs> all right. Well, that's amazing. We have a tie. Incredible. Sam and Alex are tied. 
I will read out a question. The first person to just yell out a correct answer will be the winner. (laughs) I was just hoping you said an answer. (laughs) Just the first person to say an answer. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I need to get a new card. I feel cheated. This isn't fair. This is collusion. What? All right. I I got that. That was amazing. (laughs) Well, you're going to love this question. What does TARDIS stand for? Time and dimension. Oh, no. Time and relative dimension and space. Sam is the winner. Yeah. Don't you yell it? Because I don't actually know. Like, I know what kind of what it is, but I don't know the actual word. I'll win. And I probably would have spelt out cards <laughs> and had the whole cards <laughs> debacle again. Yeah. I started doing that. That's fair. All right. Congrats, Sam. You are this week's winner. Alex, please give me that paper couplet theme song. This has been Married to Who's episode on The Girl Who Died. If you would like to participate in the podcast, you can join us on Twitter, Married to Who Pod, or on Instagram, Married to Who. You can email us, Married Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in any other way than you do, you can do so on our website, Married to Who.com, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. we mentioned it before, but you can listen to our new best friends, neither the time nor the space on any of those services as well. On behalf of myself, Jake, Terry, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, thank you so much for listening. And please join us next week for The Woman Who Lived. Do 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 do